0: Hey, what's going on? It's Zach. Before we hop into today's episode previewing the Carlton Ravens 2021 season, just want to let you know about a few things happening on our end here. On September 12th, we are going to be participating in the Yorkville 5k run happening in Toronto. Uh, we will be running on behalf of Stella's Place, an organization that we have been supporting for a while now. If you aren't familiar, Stella's Place, it looks to help out young adults aged 16 to 29 who need support for their mental health. They believe in using peer support, the importance of community, and just giving young people the opportunity to you know determine their own path towards recovery in their mental health. All good stuff and things that we really like to support. So if you'd like to support us in our run, you can find links on our social medias, Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to join the team and either be there with us in Toronto for the run or do it virtually, we would love to have you as well. Once again, all the donations to our team are going towards Stella's Place. And you can also donate to Stella's Place By purchasing any of the gear on our website, we still have the off-season walk-through, dry-fit t-shirts, the hats, and the masks. So all good stuff out there to support the brand and to support a really great cause. Now for the episode.
1: I am Coach Cardi with the Carlton Ravens Defensive Line Coach, and you are listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At the Fifty
0: Five, your home for OUA football. Today we're doing a little preview on the 2021 Carlton Ravens, and joining me to break down all things Raven football, we have former defensive lineman and the current defensive line coach and video coordinator of said Ravens, my former teammate and competitor, Stephen Cardy. Steph, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, Zach. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, uh, share some information with you guys, and. Uh... You know, talk OUA football as much as you can.
0: Yes, sir. Well, the part I want to start at, I spoke with Coach Folds not too long ago from Laurier, and I asked him a similar question where I want to start with you. With the way that the season's restructured with the two divisions, the six games, we have this year some repeats in season. And much like with the Battle of Waterloo happening twice a year, yeah. we get Carlton Odd two, two, uh, two times in the regular season. Who knows what comes down the line in the playoffs. But the question in particular I want to ask you about that, And especially as someone who's played in a lot of those games and some of the most, you know, memorable moments in OUA history occurred in some of those games you were in, is in a regular year we get one shot at this. Carlton, Ottawa. It's amazing. Does the second occurrence make that rivalry more intense or does it water it down at all?
1: Um, I think it definitely makes it more intense. Um, We just, as much as we quote unquote respect them and they respect us, we... I'd like to say we don't, we both don't like each other. So it makes it the loser of the first game. Uh, hopefully them is going to be motivated, um, more motivated than the first time. So it adds a lot to it in 2016. We played them a second time in the playoffs, a home game for Carlton. And I would say both sides were a lot more intense than we were in the regular season. It just, it meant even more, even though the whole or around the game was kind of scaled down without the 20,000 fans or whatever. It was kind of just a Thanksgiving weekend at Carlton. We had about 2,500, maybe 3,000 fans. And it was just, we got to play football. It doesn't matter about all this, this school, that school, whatever. We just got to beat those guys and get it done. And it was quite an intense game. So I anticipate it to be quite intense. The second game is, I believe, a night game too. So I think that just adds to it a little bit more quote unquote prime time is what we'll call it. So I feel like I feel like it will be intense. I feel like the second game will make it will make it a lot will make it a lot more.
0: And you, you mentioned kind of a bit of the spectacle, the fans and it's always I mean, I, I think in, in years past, they could they could have done a better job of making sure that the students are there at game time. You always see the clips and they're still filtering in and it's halftime yeah. and, you know, whatever. I get it. The kids are partying. They, they have other yeah. priorities. But on that subject, do you have a sense yet? Uh, we're sitting here the first of September right now. Seasons quickly approaching. You're going to be in training camp very soon as far as. Uh, especially for panda but then for any of your games what type of access students are going to have to the game and the community do we do we have an idea of that yet
1: I don't I'm not 100% sure I would figure that we would be allowed um some some number just with um the red blacks having played last saturday and having fans and I believe the first the first panda game is for sure at TD so I figure that it makes it makes sense that there should be some sort of numbers. They'll probably have the show you're fully vaccinated because I think it will be after the the 22nd and they have that new rule going in as of today. So in three weeks, you have to show your vaccination at concerts, gyms, and things like that. So I figure they'll probably make it a part of it and they're trying to, you know, get as much revenue as possible so they're going to find a way to stuff as many people in there as possible. So, as far as I know, I'm not sure, but I figure there's some sort of plan in place and as we get closer and things I guess clear up, we'll we'll get a better idea of it.
0: So, taking a look on the field at some of the the names guys that are curious about whether they're coming back or not. Let's start on the CFL side of things because it's always a a bit of a bittersweet moment and with some of the players that you've shared the field with and have got to coach yep. you obviously are no stranger to having guys go to camps and not come back yeah it, and this year's been no exception for anyone tuning into any Argos games you see that special teams every you every day every game that kick off that punting you're seeing Hoyt you're seeing Jack out there running downfield making plays out there and then of course you know there was the other interesting piece with the offseason I guess we'll call it with Elaine of transferring but then it seems like he's staying I believe leave uh what do we know about and, and of course uh we have you know stone hands jesse Lawson, whatever you guys used to call him um what do we know about uh any cflers that have i guess it's pretty much all set now or is there anyone i'm forgetting that uh, um, might be returning for you guys
1: i think it's all set um I'm trying to think about i know uh mitch raper is uh back with us this year um yeah we'll Gonna gonna miss uh, Jack Casser and uh, and Hoyt for sure. Uh, demons is really what they are. They're just they're a different kind of beast. But we have guys here to you know that's that's the that's what you hope. You hope guys go and leave, and obviously you wish they do their full their full five years. But we're happy to see those guys have success. We have uh, Louis Cavanaugh on the pipeline, uh, and he's ready to you know kind of fill the spot and be the leader in the middle and take care of things like that. So in terms of who else we, yeah, we lost Simakinda. We never, I guess (laughs) never really had him. So it's, it's just, I guess when you think about what it could be, I guess there's a loss, but you know, when I guess it's luckily, he never got to make a a real impact here. So it kind of, we don't really, it's not, it's not affecting us like maybe some of the other guys who have been here and kind of created, I guess, you know, a, a connection with guys and things like that but definitely a guy we I wish I could have had the time to coach and you know and unleash him a little bit but it is what it is um, Lawson I believe is back as well um, he'll be here this year his last year uh, and then yeah so in terms of CFL and CFL guys I think that's about it Um I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's for sure no
0: that, that sounds about Right, from, from everything I've gathered so far. Uh, and you mentioned Louis Cavanaugh. Uh, you know, he filled in for Jack for you guys back in that 2019 season when Jack had to miss some time. And of course, he long snaps for you guys. And I know from talking with you, you, you were mentioning that he could have a shot at the next level as a snapper alone. Um, and so filling at that linebacker position. So a couple other names, just because it's always it's been tough, you know, in trying to check the rosters from 2019 or 2020 and then trying to figure out, well, they were in this academic year, but they had this eligibility. Fast forward to 2021. Who's going to be around? So, just a couple more names. I'm just curious to throw out at you on that defensive side, talking about your D lineman, uh, Shaheem Charles Brown. Are we? Is he suiting up for you guys this year? Are we getting him?
1: Yep. Yeah. He'll be. He'll be back. Um, we're excited to see what he brings. Um, he's he's a leader on the on the D line. Uh, he's been here since since 2017. He's brought. He brings something on and off the field. And he's going to be a big part of what we do. Um, Shondor is uh, back. He is—he's one of the best players I would say we have on our team. Um, uh, we have, yeah, Louis. Like we said, I um, know we have Cole Hetburn back at uh, uh, at safety. So he's once again one of our leaders. One of the one of the guys that I would say everyone on the team, even coaches, look to and you know he's a he's a big part of our inspiration danny McWerder coming back at corner um ended the last season on fire so some would call him danny mcpicks exactly danny mcpicks um he's gonna be on he's gonna be on fire uh when the season gets rolling around and then yeah we're gonna find out who else is gonna you know we have a lot of guys there we have a lot of compete guys competing at a lot of spots so it should be exciting and yeah, we got some good. We got some guys returning on defense. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be special.
0: Now on the offensive side of the ball, obviously you're coaching on the on the defense there. But when when we did our sort of way too early picks, you know, one of the many reasons I ended up picking you guys going six zero, winning that east side of the OUA uh, split, was because you know there are so many question marks up in the air. But you know, if there are any questions that were answered if it's at the quarterback level that makes me feel comfortable if i have if i don't know who's going to be at quarterback then that's it's hard to even make a prediction even if you know you're throwing your predictions out way too early And, of course, we got Tanner in at quarterback for you. And I know we've had a few messages, you being like, people sleep on him. People don't really know what this guy can do. He's just getting better and better. Uh, What can you say about a guy like Tanner? Because, obviously, you know, when he came in for Arruda, that was a bit of a, 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 at least from an outsider's perspective, didn't really know what happened. All of a sudden, Arruda was out. He's back in, you know. Nathan Carter at running backs been such a, the engine of that offense, but it really seems like that you got a guy in there right now. Who's just grown and grown. What can you say about Tanner?
1: Great guy. Uh, love him. Uh, former teammate of mine too. So there's a little, you know, a special connection there. Um, absolute leadership. Um, he is when guys say yeah, uh, one of the boys, that's the definition of one of the boys. Um, gunslinger, like, And as I guess the old school gunslinger mentality, you know, like he's going to go out there. He's going to take his chances. He's going to take his opportunities, but he's going to be smart with the football. Um, I don't don't think I've met a quarterback that studies and loves quarterbacking as much as Tanner. And I think that's going to show this year we're going to maximize what he does and we're going to put him in the best position when I feel like we maybe not have done that to the best of our abilities in the past. But I feel like we're definitely going to do a lot better with that this year and let him go out there and be a fifth-year quarterback and lead the team to the to the path that we think we should go on with him at, at the helm. Now,
0: looking at the six-game schedule and the way it all broke down, because obviously – with you guys in Ottawa being way out there east, and then I know with Windsor being on the west side of Ontario, I know that was one of the major considerations in terms of trying to limit travel and, and with with COVID all that noise. I'm just I'm curious from you know, the conversations you were a part of or meetings that you were in or around. What was the, I guess, what were some of the ideas that came out of, you know, in coming up with the schedule, East, West, six games and all that. Um, was that kind of like first idea, best idea, or um, were there any other ideas that were thrown about that you know about?
1: I know there were other ideas. I don't know the ideas. I think this was probably like the second, third option. There were some other ideas out there, but I think it just made the most sense to split it. Um, I figure there are probably some teams on the other side who are probably a little less happy than some of the other teams it is what it is um it's definitely above it's definitely above all of our pay grades really at this point like it's (laughs) it's a decision that we kind of had to make rather than wanted to make i think you know like guys would love to travel to windsor to play windsor or to london or to wherever but we kind of can't really go past toronto this year until we'll see what the playoffs have in store but Yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, Hopefully it's, I I would like to hope hope that it is only a one-year ordeal and that we can kind of go back to normal next year. But yeah, from definitely above my head, I know it was the head guys, all the head guys in the AD's decision, and I think they made the best decision possible, um, taking everything into account. So yeah, that's that's really, in terms of the schedule making, that's all I know. That's all I can really speak of.
0: And I think the last thing I want to just throw at you is kind of went over some of the names, guys, that won't be coming back. Some of those veterans that have been on that team for a while. Um, One of the things that makes this one of the many things that makes this season so interesting is, of course, now we kind of have this double recruiting class coming in of guys who thought they were starting in 2020. And then, of course, now the guys who were in the 2021 class joining your team. Now, of course, training camp is still a few days away. And I'm sure competition is going to be absolutely bananas because um, you also then have the double senior class of guys who thought they were going to graduate, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But we went over some of the OGs that are going to be back on the team. Who are some of the young guys that you've perhaps seen working out over the summer or that, you know, you have seen over, I guess, an extra year of being around campus that people might not know about who we should be keeping our eyes open
1: for? Yeah. Um. A guy I'm excited to see um, and finally get, I guess, unleashed, I guess, game to game, uh, Malik Youssef. We saw him make a bit of an impact in 2019 when he got in. I uh, believe it was the McMaster game. He had a, an absolutely crazy hit, and that's just kind of in his DNA. He's just an absolute monster. Um, trying to think about who else Um I'm excited for Ife Onyeka going into his, I guess, second year. Um, Probably didn't get the reps he wanted to in his first year, but over two years being able to learn, get better, learn to position more. I'm excited to, uh, I guess, see another Onyeka in the OUA. Um, They kind of have a lineage going on, I think probably close to a decade now at this point. So uh, I guess it's part of my goal to kind of unleash him and keep that that going. I know we got some receivers, uh, some young receivers coming in fast, explosive, electric, kind of away from the typical, you know, possession, slower guys. We got some speed now, so it's going to be exciting to see. um, Ferguson, everyone knows, excited to see him, you know, be the power back, be the guy that he is. The yeah, Derrick Henry of the OUA, if he, you will. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, that's the goal. Hopefully, you get him like that. You know, throw him a few more passes than Derrick Henry gets, but definitely, uh, definitely unleash him and just get our guys going. You know, I realized that I did want one other thing to ask you about. I wanted
0: to ask you about one more thing. So we know each other from our time playing Metro Toronto Wildcats, both yes, from sir. Toronto. You went to played your high school ball Danforth Tech. Then you made your way down to Champlain for a bit before going to Carlton, And, you know, we've obviously... Uh, And this is for perhaps another conversation because we could probably go on for hours of, you know, I still hold some of the best football players I ever saw. If I just think about the talent at the age they were at, obviously people develop when they get older and you get better resources and coaching, um, you know. But just if I just were to extrapolate like the talent of some of the people I saw at the age they were of of how good they could have been. I still say that some of those Metro teams, some of the best football players I ever seen. And you obviously, you know, living in Ottawa, but then spending time at Champlain, you've kind of seen a bit of the Quebec football culture as well and everything there. So I just, I'm curious, just in whatever way you want to answer this, just to kind of compare and contrast a bit of the football culture growing up downtown Toronto and then going out into Quebec, going out to Ottawa, because it always feels like that, you know, some, like we said, some of our best exports of football players weren't able to sort of hit their peak perhaps. Yeah. Um, but then in Quebec, it's a much, it seems like a much more well-oiled machine of not only identifying young talent, but then being able to develop it, all that. And perhaps the CGIP system has part to play with that. Wherever you want to go with that, what's sort of your take on having all these years of seeing all that?
1: Uh, when I first went out there, I, my first thought was just like, they just care about football more, which I still believe to be true. Um, I think the biggest thing out there is it starts at a very young age um, and it's not just being able to play in an organized, good level. It's the coaching. Um, You kind of, coaching kind of trickles down in, in Quebec. So like everyone is, someone is like, you know, they're attached to someone above them. And that's kind of what plays a big part into it is that you got coaches who are motivated to be good coaches and that automatically is going to result on a good on-field product and i think the problem with is in ontario is that there's not real much organization outside of the i guess the ovfl opfl level whatever you want to call it now and even then it's a little it's still it's still i guess fresh and there's still some question marks And I would say that the coaching in Ontario, um, I guess, sub-university level, and the exception of some high school levels, is not up to the level of even middle school-aged children in Quebec. So that's where the, I guess, the discrepancies happen. They just, they care a lot more, I would say. They just, it's something they kind of put work into constantly. It's not kind of, I was on youtube for two weeks and i got a defensive playbook and hey we're gonna run oklahoma drill on day one of practice which is some things you see in ontario more than i've ever seen in quebec um yeah i would just say it's there's a lot of things we should take from them in terms of the way they handle their sports and they i guess the detail that they go into it and the the levels that you can kind of compete at and face good competition at all levels. Like you can be in, I guess, in Quebec, grade nine, whatever you want to say it. Is, whatever age gap you're supposed to be in there, you're playing in a competitive league, competitive players across your age gap throughout. In I would say in Ontario, you kind of have your few high schools, I guess in the, at least the Toronto area, you have your few high schools that are good. And then you just kind of have some schools that don't do anything and don't have anything and their resources are limited which i get it happens it is what it is but i think it's just a better investment thought process i guess in quebec just thinking about where they want to focus their energy and if you focus it at a younger age guys are going to be better when they get to be 16 and 17 and that's why when guys are 19 and 20 leaving CJEP and going to like the Laval's and montreal's they're already dominant and then still have to sit for a year or two because you know they've the guys have been in like guys who have been there have been in a great system year and year and year and since they were maybe 13. Where in Ontario you might get lucky if you go to maybe a northern or a Huron Heights or whatever. Don't that you be. mention northern yeah. on this podcast come on brother you know I'm a North Toronto Collegiate I Institute to alumni. Throw it in there. Shout out to so, Tristan Douglas, though. You're right <laughs> um so just kind of things like that it's just um yeah, it's just a emphasis on like good coaching, I find is the biggest thing in Quebec. And, you know, they they start working out, I would say, a lot earlier than we do, and probably in a better way than we do. Everyone loves to bench and and squat, I guess, heavy, but they kind of I really feel like they focus on making you a better total athlete. And I feel like if we could find a way to, I guess, develop that and change that in Ontario, good things could good things could happen. Um we have like you said, we have amazing talent in this province. Um, even still to this day, I think some of the guys we played with, if things were different and if they followed some different paths, rather than, you know, sometimes straight to university is not the path, way to go.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's kind of what you see on the Quebec side for the most part. And then you have, yeah, obviously you have guys who are ready, but definitely if some guys could have could have been significantly better with that, you know, that extra bit of, learning the transition from university from high school because it's a it's a shock I feel like you don't kind of know how to operate in that environment. So yeah, Quebec has a lot of things different. It's hard to really pinpoint one. It's coaching, it's the development from a younger age. Yeah. I guess they just kinda of, they have a system and it works and Yeah. Well I'd say the good thing, perhaps it's
0: also the bad thing in all that is that it sounds like a lot of that system isn't there's no there's no real magic, you know, fairy dust to it, other than, as you said, they just kind of care more and they invest the resources in. So, for all intents and purposes, it's a model that you'd think that uh, if parts of Ontario and Ontario wide aren't already following in, then it's not like there's something in the water once yeah. you cross over the border into Quebec that is, uh, you know, pumping out the talent. And I, you know, I was speaking with Coach Potasic recently. We were kind of reminiscing on their 2011 Vanier against Laval. And the one thing he had mentioned was that, you know, the the floor the floor talent of their teams are just so good like they don't yeah. have weak spots like the top talent obviously we've seen like i mean you know the matthew bettses of the world just to name yeah. one and and just you know tons of other guys but overall like top talent yeah. to top talent it's not necessarily night and day but it's just that there are no that the yeah the floor is just so sturdy exactly. and so consistent and that probably is the product of guys that just once they get in university they're hitting the ground running and they they know the drill
1: Exactly. So, yeah. It's like the best one of the best running backs I played with at uh, Champlain. Um, I don't think he started until his third year or fourth year at Laval. And when I left Champlain, I was like, that might be the best running back I've I've played with just the way he was. And then you see him and you don't hear about him for a couple of years. And then boom, he comes out of nowhere, running for over a thousand yards, no issue, just looking dominant. And it's just like that's their system and that's how they make it work. And yeah it just it just it makes sense it just we should there is a there is something we should adopt there there should be more trickle down um guys should want to expand their coaching tree i don't know why i'm not saying that guys don't or whatever but we should find a way to make it happen more we should want our our ovfl junior varsity peewee levels to look exceptional because it's going to be better for us to recruit um and yeah, I just, it's something that we should all invest in teams, Ontario football, the province of Ontario, we should find a way to I don't know, duplicate that model to an extent. Yeah, that's, they do something, they do something good out there. It's, it's, it's working. Whatever it's done has worked for years on, upon years. So and no doubt the first step to all or any of that comes with getting football
0: back on the field which we finally have and we will see your carlton ravens kicking off the season at home versus queens the six game sprint to the finish line i had you guys run the table and then we'll see where the cards fall come the playoffs but whatever happens it is sure to be exciting so coach cardi coach cardi my friend thank you so much for joining me today all right
1: exact anytime um. Love what you guys are doing, getting OUA football out there, uh, spreading the knowledge, uh, you know, just helping the game really, you know, it's things like this help it thrive and and I hope, hopefully we can make your uh, predictions come true, uh, you know, we gotta gotta start with training camp and then on the 18th, uh, when the bullets are for real, hopefully we, you know, we come ready to prepare, but uh, I'm going to take my guys uh, for, the, for the six game stretch, that's for sure, uh, versus anyone else. Well, I can't wait to see it. Take care, sir. sir. Anytime, my friend.